hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. What a nice week for Minnesota after a 3 nothing just no-show against the Anaheim Ducks. The Minnesota Wild win three in a row. Good for a three-in-one week. Funny, my predictions end up going one and three, but hey, whatever. If I... <laughs> If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I guess this is in this case, it's a good thing to be wrong. You lose to Anaheim, but then you beat Columbus, you beat Vegas on the road, all right. And you beat Colorado on the road, which I did predict, but still, you never know going into Colorado. Very tough one. We head into the break, so no Minnesota Wild, or no Brave the Wild show next week. I'm sure you'll miss me. Okay, hopefully. I don't know. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But uh, we will preview the four games, though, up and coming. So they'll be uh, already previewed <laughs> as we start the next show two weeks from today. Continuing the Brave the Wild podcast, which will be the 200th episode of Brave the Wild. What do you think of that? Long time in coming. And then my uh, podcasting career will have turned 11 years old as well. At that stage, uh, started on January 28, 2008. Pretty, uh, pretty wild. Eleven years already. Two hundred episodes of Brave the Wild. Almost three hundred of Purple Mafia. About two hundred and fifty of Timberwolves Explosion. Twenty-two Paladino Live. Fifteen uh, Showtime and T Wolves. So, yeah, well over seven hundred there. So it's been a long run. And I thank those of you that have uh, hung around during the course of time. Let's talk about the Anaheim Ducks on January the seventeenth, a week ago. A home game against the Anaheim Ducks. The Minnesota Wild had just acquired. Pontus Aberg is now I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly. And after this game, Minnesota makes another trade. We're actually leading into this game. And the talk was, oh, I wonder if the team was all sad and depressed. And like, oh boy, what do we do? And, you know, because uh, Nino Niederreiter was traded. What? Oh my God! <laughs> that was definitely a surprise during the afternoon there. Pontus Aberg is on board. And all of a sudden, Minnesota Wild trades Nino Niederreiter to the Carolina Hurricanes. Wow. Okay. Well, for Victor Rask. Victor Rask. So we'll look at him. And the Wild made another trade right after the Vegas game. A player that was in the uh, press box for Vegas. We'll talk about him when we head to, when, when we when we finish up that show or when we get into that podcast. Anyway, Minnesota acquires Victor Rask, 25-year-old center from the Carolina Hurricanes. He was taken in the second round, 42nd overall in 2011. So back in the Jonas Brodin draft, another Swedish player just like Jonas Brodin. Lexand Sweden, indeed. So it's going to be interesting to see how he turns out as the Swedish, Swedish mafia continues to take over the wild of late. For the longest time, it was, well, at the, in the early days, it was Czech, and then there was Finland, of course, with Koivu, and uh, Nicholas Backstrom, and eventually, again, Mikhail Granlund, guys like that. Now it's heading in the Swedish direction, and there's a bit of Russian taste as well at some point. Uh, nobody really have yet, but we'll see. Kirill Kaprizov and others, Kovanov, and maybe Svetlakov. We'll see. Svetlakov seems a little bit more of a dark horse at this point. But 25 years old is Viktor Rask. He'll be turning 26 on March the 1st. <laughs> wow. So, yep, uh... He's been known to be a bit slow, this and that. Not the fastest guy, but still, he fills a need as a center. The one scary part is, well, in four games, Dino Niederreiter has four goals. Ouch. And, of course, in the two games, uh, the first game he played, he had two goals. So, well, okay. But so far, Victor Rask in his first season in the NHL had 33 points, 11 goals, 22 assists. Second year, 
in 15, 16, 48 points. That's his, that's a career high. 21 goals, 27 assists. That'd be nice to get uh, Victor Rask in that level. The next year, only a three-point uh, difference downward. 16 goals, 29 assists. So getting a little more in the playmaking and less in the goal scoring. So he has scored 21 goals before. Uh, last year, way down, and he missed a significant amount of time. Only 71 games, 31 points, 14 of them goals. And then during the course of this season, started the year very late after cutting himself uh, pretty severely while cooking. So he likes to cook this and that. He's good at pre- preparing food in September-ish, I believe. And then he cut himself. And, well, he's played 26 games and only 6 points, 1 goal. So far, he has 1 assist, and that was in his first game with Minnesota. We'll talk about that up and coming against the... Columbus Blue Jackets. He, he did get an assist on that one, joining Parisi and Pontus Aberg. So there you go. Pontus Aberg and Victor Rask. So we'll call it the Swedish Parisi line, basically. That's what it is, the Swedish Parisi line. Swedish Parisi. Is that okay to say? The Wild also acquired Brad Hunt during the course of, well, right after the uh, Vegas game, basically. It was like right after the game. It was kind of funny. There he was in the press box for the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's talk about him now because I'm afraid I'm going to forget and get sidetracked and wanting to move forward into the next topic. So, Brad Hunt. Well, he has definitely been productive offensively during the course of his uh, career. He's 30 years old already, unfortunately. Uh, a late, uh, Kind of a late bloomer, we'll say. He was undrafted, only 5'9", 187. Extremely productive during the course of his uh career in the AHL, and pretty pretty damn productive as well in the WCHA. About a point a game. WCHA, it was originally the CHA in 08-09 with Bemidji State. So Bemidji State, we all know about that. That was kind of one of the uh, feature presentations of Hockey Day Minnesota last Saturday, which was pretty cool. Bemidji State University is where Mr. Brad Hunt went. Again, only five foot nine from Maple Ridge, British Columbia. So over there by Vancouver, Seattle, all, those, all that area. Played for the Chicago Wolves in the AHL. As he was just trying to break into the league, he was signed during the course of, you know, he was signed as a free agent to uh, Edmonton and all that. Edmonton Oilers, 33 points as a defenseman, 29, 29 assists in the 65 games he played in the AHL. Definitely a power play type of guy. With Edmonton, he only played three games. This was 13-14, was Mr. Brad Hunt. Oklahoma City Barons, AHL. Uh, 50 points in 66 games. Extremely, extremely productive. 50 points, 39 assists during the course of that, plus seven Edmonton Oilers. So in the NHL, yeah, very small sample size so far. Only 11 games, three points in that. Only, uh, yeah, one of them was a goal. Oklahoma City Barons, you continue forward. 51 points in 62 games, 19 goals in that. Very dumba like there. Pretty cool. A lot of people say, again, also, he has a bit of a rocket of a shot. Yeah, Bakersfield Condors, AHL, 41 points, 28 assists. The hope is he's not just a AHL, you know, minor league type of guy, but he has been in the NHL. He's been scratched, unfortunately, but he's been in the NHL roster since 2017. He's been with the uh, St. Louis Blues, Nashville Predators, which, hmm, Nashville Predators, 16-17. Huh, you think that's a coincidence? No, it's it's not a coincidence. <laughs> uh, Brad Hunt was acquired for a fifth-round pick, by the way, out of uh, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, press box there. But here's the thing. In his NHL career thus far, he hasn't had a whole lot of games, but he's been productive in the games he has played. In 92 overall games, 34 points. That's not that's not bad. So that's not bad. Uh, this uh, last season, in 45 games, he had 15 assists 
18 points. And you got to figure he probably didn't get the whole lot, a, a whole lot of minutes, but definitely a guy who can get on the power play and uh, be a factor with the uh, Western Conference champion Vegas Golden Knights this season in only 13 games, seven points. So again, productive. That's like that's like at a 40 point pace there if if you like average it out to the 82 game season. And last night with the Minnesota Wild against the Colorado Avalanche. No points, but, uh, you know, you got to see him in action a bit. Unfortunately, he was on the ice during the first goal for Columbus. So a minus one for Brad Hunt. Well, he he only got one shot on net during the course of the game, unfortunately. But he had some opportunities. Uh, We'll just have to wait and see. Um, He's a left shot, which makes things very interesting, but he's versatile. He He can play on the right, but he shoots left, this and that. So that's what's strange about it, I suppose. But in the minor leagues, I had a feeling he might wind up in the AHL because the minor leagues, there's a lot of right shots. And in the, you know, the grapevine, so to speak, there's a lot of right shots. And the NHL roster, we've had a shortage of, if uh, we've had a shortage of right shots and an over, way over abundance of left shots. So very interesting thought there. Brad Hunt, definitely very different from uh, Carson Soucy, who was much more of a physical, kind of stalwart, Richard Matvichuk type of defenseman, or at least you hope he would be. He's been slumping a bit up up and down. He has produced a few points during the course of the season in the, in the AHL, has uh, Carson Searcy. We'll talk about him more in the uh, during the end of the show, but um, Brad Hunt, definitely an offensive defenseman, power play type of guy with a pretty good shot. So, interesting. Interesting acquisition. And now the third change here during the course of time. This one, though, we gave up a fifth-round pick, and we got a sixth-round pick in return. So we ultimately don't lose a draft pick. We move down in the draft uh, around. So from fifth to sixth. So it's not the worst thing ever at all, frankly. Vegas Golden Knights acquire a fifth-round pick at the end of the day and losing a sixth. Duh. Uh, Louis Belpedio got two games of action. Not very noticeable for Minnesota, but at least got in the NHL for a couple games. It's better, better than nothing, and hopefully he'll continue to develop down in Iowa and eventually make the NHL roster. 22 years old is Louis Belpedio. Love his future. Uh, Yuli Ertanek has been up here the whole time. He's gotten a few points, which is nice, but we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, did not like what he did against Vegas, though. It made me it made me feel we're going to lose the game. I'll talk about that later on. A wraparound attempt that led to the first goal of the game to Alex Bleep and Tuck. Wraparound attempt. Just a stupid play where all he had to do was pass the puck to Koivu, possibly. Not that Koivu's Mr. Goal Scorer, this and that, but, I mean, you just set up an odd man rush. That was just stupid what Yuli uh, Eriksson did, and it drove me nuts. But at least he would get some points during the course of the week to kind of semi-make up for it. But that scared the crap out of me, and it pissed me off because you're playing the Golden Knights, and they've been a lot better of late, and... Well, luckily Minnesota escaping with a win there. The Anaheim game, I don't really have a whole lot to say. Honest to God, it was like early and often, so to speak. Within the first eight minutes, it was 3 nothing in the XL Energy Center. Uh, Adam Henrique was like, really? That went in? Rickard Raquel, who again, Mr. Boudreaux compares Euler to Neck to, which would be nice. Rickard Raquel, not a major goal scorer, but a, a decent player. Eight goals on the season for Mr. Rickard Raquel, though I'm sure his points have been higher in other seasons. This has just been a very... Disappointing season for the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, or Ducks, Mighty Ducks, whatever you call them. Devin Dubnik would stop all 15 shots he would face again. Alex Stalock getting the start. Back-to-back starts for Alex Stalock, and then this happens. So that sucks. I feel bad for Alex Stalock because he's due for some good action out there on the ice, and then this happens. It was very disappointing. Um, you just felt it was kind of a lifeless type of game. Though Minnesota would get some serious good chances. JT Brown should have had a goal, by the way. The puck crossed the bleeping line, and the ref said no. So 
whatever. Another bullcrap situation there. Uh, Stalock had a very, very good game against the Anaheim Ducks just two nights before. Or, excuse me, Los Angeles Kings of Anaheim. No, Los Angeles Kings. I'm just kidding. He beat, uh, kept them to two goals. Outdueled Jonathan Quick. Not bad at all, quite frankly. Uh, a team that's actually slower than the Wild, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but uh, no, he had earned a back-to-back start, give Devin Dubnik a little rest, and within eight minutes, Devin Dubnik's back in the net. So it's like, whatever. That, that's just a crying shame when you think about it. After all the dust clears, though, you lose this awful game to Anaheim, lifeless, crappy game, and everyone's depressed because Nita Ryder's gone, including a lot of Minnesota Wild fans. And then, oh, look at Nino Niederreiter, two goals. Now he's got four and blah, blah, blah. And what's, what's Victor Rask going to do? Yeah, okay, but whatever. Nino Niederreiter had nine goals all bleeping season with the Wild. It's a sugar high, folks. It's a sugar high. It's a sugar high. Remember Robert Covington coming to the Wolves? Well, I love Robert Covington, but he's not as good as he was the first, like, month or so he was in Minnesota. It's called a sugar high, you know. And it's, and it's like, oh, wow, you know, somebody actually traded me away. Wow, I can't believe I actually got traded. So now it kind of woke him up a bit. And again, it's a sugar high. You know, you're excited with a new opportunity, change of scenery. What the hell? Which would probably happen with anybody at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> Mike Riley was pretty good at Montreal last year for a while. He's not that good right now. I mean, whatever. And Niederreiter's been productive, this and that. But he's been so gosh darn inconsistent. I don't feel that bad about it. At the end of the day, I, I don't. And I don't know. I mean, there's there's going to be more to come. There's going to be more to come. Of course, Justin Clouse, who I feel bad that he's gone. But at the same time, was he really going to get any any true uh, ice time in the NHL? Was he going to get to play where he needed to play, which is in the top six? Very, very doubtful. Just not. He's just not an explosive scorer. He's a good scorer. But there's a difference between good and explosive. Hopefully... Sam Onnitz can fill that role one day uh, on the right side in a top six role, at least on some occasions, particularly if people get injured and such. I mean, he would be the first guy I'd call up if somebody with the right shot got injured and you needed some kind of a spark or you're just so bleeping frustrated because nothing's happening. Sam Onnitz is starting to really pick it up in the AHL of late in, in, in Iowa. So, uh-huh, just like he did last year, and he was awesome the whole season. Nice to see Sam Onnitz coming back from that broken hand and, again, didn't have a good start to the season. Then the, then he started picking it up. The injury happens. Then you're slow coming out of the gate because, well, you're not going to be great right away. And now he's picking it up. Let's talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets game, though, with Victor Rask in uniform going alongside Zach Parise and Pontus Auberg, both, again, playing with Zach Parise. And that was pretty cool. They both helped. Uh, they both got helpers in Zach Parise's goal, bouncing puck, getting the puck on that. Victor Rask getting the puck on that. Aberg. Again, also setting up Zach Parisi on the pass. Parisi ends up finishing uh, both of them. Again, picking up assists. Nice to see the Swedish uh, Swedish Parisi line producing. Good to see Zach Parisi with his 20th goal of the year against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Very late in the first period, only about a minute and a half after Jordan Greenway rifled his uh, one-timer from Eric Stahl's feed. And Charlie Coyle also getting the second assist on the play. Very nice to see Jordan Greenway again with a powerful shot there from the point. Uh, good, good play from uh, Jordan Greenway, or at least kind of crashing the net a little bit. He was a little closer than the point, but again, a nice play. Jordan Greenway's ninth goal of the season. He's on pace for about 15 and a half, which, well, is only three goals less than Marion Gabrick, which is, again, the all-time rookie uh, goal-scoring leader, so to speak, in his rookie year. The best rookie season in goals was Marion Gabrick, and that was the very first season in Wild history. Of course, all of us spoiled there because, well, you get a potential superstar in Marion Gabrick in your first season. Well, and I suppose you're going to get a super high draft pick when you start off, and it was exciting, and 
We haven't had a guy like Gabrick ever since. Uh, is Greenway Gabrick like? No, but he's going to be a goal scorer in this league, I believe. Uh, he's got a very nice shot, powerful, accurate, knows how to place it. Um, Minnesota Wild would have several chances on the update netter, and they missed and missed and missed and missed, but I don't know, including Jordan Greenway, unfortunately. They missed the net, the empty net situation, which is kind of funny. <laughs> also happened in the Vegas game as well. Lots of misses, which was kind of frustrating, but uh, no. Uh, at least Koivu ended up finishing with his 200th goal, but no, in this game, Wild had countless chances. Luckily, no uh, icing was called on most of them, so very fortunate there. This was a surprising win, though. I mean, you go... Yeah, you take care of business against the Columbus Blue Jackets. That felt like a million bucks. It's tougher to win in Columbus, though. This was a possibility you can get the job done. It's just this team usually owns the Wild. But uh, Cam Atkinson unable to find the back of the net in this one. Thank God. He uh, only got one shot on goal. The Minnesota Wild containing Cam Atkinson nicely in the game. Of course, uh, Artemi Panarin did score in the game. Again, it's either Panarin or Atkinson or usually both of them. Uh, Nick Foligno has scored against the Wild many times as well. But, uh, wow, what a wonderful uh, end of this one. Minnesota able to hang on 2-1. to one. Great defense in this game. Lots of blocked shots. Very good goaltending. Uh, Brodrowski was very good in the game as well, to be fair, without a doubt. Um, Devin Dubnik, very, very strong, without a doubt here. Um, but, again, the guys in front of him as well, keeping the Columbus Blue Jackets to only 20 shots. That was uh, extremely solid, extremely respectable. Uh, respectable at the end of the day. Uh, Coyle with a few blocks, even Zucker. Uh, Aberg making his name known, taking a pretty harsh block along the way. That was nice off the skate. Uh, love Punis Aberg so far. He was, again, able to get the assist in the game. Very solid, solid, solid strong game from him, from Punis Aberg, showing his teammates that, hey, he's, he's willing to work, he's willing to sacrifice, and, well, I, I like Ponis Aberg. He brings some speed. And, well, there you go. And, again, that right shot, that much-needed right shot. Uh, Coyle has played very, very well, though, of late so far. Uh, or during the course of this week, Charlie Coyle had a very strong, very strong showing, to say the least. But, again, also nice to see Mr. Jordan Greenway with that rifle shot. And then Parisi able to finish from Ponis Aberg and Victor Rask. Nice little 2-1 to victory for Minnesota. And a huge confidence boost. Huge confidence boost going, beating the Columbus Blue Jackets. Then you head into Vegas, a team that we've owned so far, generally speaking. But earlier this season, they kind of shut us down, put the clams down in XL Energy Center. And they'd been playing so well. But what's crazy, when you sit down and think, I was like, Vegas is going to have the best record in the Western Conference. Not so fast. Even though they're 10 games above 500 with 62 points, which is seven more than us even though we're third place in the Central Division, which is pretty cool. The Wild three points ahead now of uh, Dallas, Colorado, and Vancouver, where there's a log jam. Anaheim's only one wide behind. Arizona creeping up, only two points out of the playoffs. Arizona uh, Arizona Coyotes, Diamondbacks. But uh, Calgary's built a very sizable lead now. At least, uh, well, I guess six points over the Sharks. It's not that big, but it's getting bigger. Uh, surprising to see them seven points ahead of the Winnipeg Jets and National Predators. The Calgary Flames right now would have home ice advantage throughout the playoffs in the Western Conference. Well, it's not the best. It's the East is the best lately. But, uh, yeah, Calgary very, very strong right now, building a cushion between uh, everyone else at the moment. That would be very interesting. But, again, no, that stupid, stupid play by uh, Eul Eck, trying to do too much, would not give up the puck, just kind of hanging on, hanging on, kind of forcing his way. This is shorthanded, by the way, a shorthanded play. That's what pissed me off. Shorthanded. You know, 
I mean, if you're going to take an attempt, take an attempt and then, you know, turn around, turn around quickly or back up, whatever it is. Instead, he tries to wrap around, which again was just like a free-for-all for the Vegas Golden Knights after that. Uh, Marshall, Colin Miller setting up Alex Tuck on the breakaway there who exploded towards uh, Devin Dubnik and put in his 16th goal of the season. Again, Alex Tuck, leading goal scorer, leading point producer for the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, we all know, first-round pick, 2014 for Minnesota. Slow out of the gate for us, and he was very unimpressive in the two in the few games that he uh, played in his first call-up, but what do you expect? Um, Greenway wasn't that great right out of the gate either. And, well, shoot, Alex Tuck looks like a heck of a player. A star? No. But a good player? Absolutely. one nothing Vegas, and I figured, here we go. And I was just seething about that play from uh, Yule eriksson Marcus Foligno would finish, though, from Yule eriksson who uh, got the wrap around there. Nick Steeler wound up getting, a second, uh, getting the second assist, his third Assist of the season, very nice feeling. It should be his fourth, because he didn't score, a, or maybe he did score a goal. I can't remember, earlier in the season. I believe he did. Yep, so it's the fourth point of the season, finally. He had three points in one game, did Steeler. Yep, one goal, two assists. And then now, finally, all these months later, he gets his fourth point. But uh, Steeler, very solid, very strong, especially in the Colorado game. But generally speaking, he's been quite the stalwart defensive for Minnesota the past year and a half. Yule um, Eriksson Ek, though, again, Behind from behind the net was able to set up Marcus Felino, crashing to the net for his fourth goal of the season. Felino finally getting a few points of late after a very 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 long drought. He had one last week, has another this week. Good for Marcus Felino, who had only two goals two weeks ago, has doubled his goal total for the season. And Neil Erickson Eck now is at seven points on the season. So okay, his fifth assist. It was a good play. So he made up for that stupid ass uh, stupid ass uh, decision. Well, shorthanded. I don't know what he was thinking there. I mean, it was like five on three, five on two, and, and then it was two on one. Just an awful play, letting uh, allowing Alex Tuck to score there. But it is what it is. Uh, Eric Stahl from Greenway at the end of the day, bouncing puck, this and that, would get his 15th goal of the season. Actually, a really nice feed from Greenway, pardon me. 15th goal of the season for Stahl, who would start a pretty nice little string here heading into Colorado as Eric Stahl ends up finishing the week with 17 goals. He could get his 15th here, uh, putting the Wild ahead, which was quite surprising. I thought, like, wow, we're actually ahead. And the fact that the Wild were really putting the clamps down on this Vegas team, it was very impressive. Um, Vegas still wound up with 32 shots, but for the longest time, and this was, again, because of the third period, for the longest time, the uh, (laughs) Vegas Golden Knights were stuck at about 14 shots on net, as Minnesota was definitely leading in the puck possession department and the shots on goal, this and that. But Vegas would definitely get their attempts in the second period, or third period, pardon me, uh, and into the second, the later part of it. Max Paxteretti would get his 14th uh, goal of the season, 11th uh, assist for Paul Stanley, who's missed a lot of time, but he's being productive as well. Minnesota actually was the one struggling with the shots on that. I'm getting mixed up with another game. But uh, uh, Minnesota very... Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, very opportunistic. That's what matters most. Setting up good plays and finishing. Of course, Miko Koivu's empty net is, well, you know, that's what that is. You're able to get your fourth goal of the, goal of the game on the empty net. And again, 200th goal of Miko Koivu's career on the empty netter. Coyle, though, a beautiful play from Spurgeon, who was literally robbed of a goal from uh, Marc-Andre Fleury not too long before that. Spurgeon, what an awesome week, though. Getting the attempts in, blocking shots as well. 
Spurgeon also had a little bit of an embarrassing play for a moment there as he fell down, was just, you know, gave up a, it was a two, it was a three on two, three on one type of situation, but luckily Devin Dubnik was up for the challenge there. As again, Vegas did dominate the puck most of the game, but Minnesota very opportunistic when need be. Uh, Eric Stahl also adding the assist on the Charlie Coyle goal. Coyle, very strong week though, setting up other players and, and here getting his uh, eighth goal of the season. Coyle again, nice solid week. Koivu, seventh goal of the year, but his 200th of his career would wrap things up as Minnesota able to finish the job in Vegas 4-2. Not a bad game at all. Again, I mean, Devin Dubnik very strong in net. Minnesota blocking some shots despite Vegas being the better team at times, but Minnesota much more opportunistic. Uh, very, very strong in net was Devin Dubnik. Just awesome. Really, really uh, helped save the day for the Minnesota Wild on a couple occasions there. Is now he had to last night, the 23rd of January, Wednesday the 23rd of January, in the Mile High City, or whatever you want to call it, uh, Pepsi Center, yes, <clears throat> well known for many frustrating, but also some historically fun games for Minnesota, a couple of overtime wins in Game 7 in the postseason, we all know, and Nino Niederreiter now playing for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, the hero of the most recent one, Andrew Burnett, the hero of the classic one back in the day. This, uh, <clears throat> this game didn't start out so well. It, it really didn't. It felt like Colorado, again, the faster team, the, the more dominant team, this and that. They've struggled so mightily. The chemistry has dropped off. They've lost so many games as the, have the Colorado Avalanche. But this game, I just had a bad feeling coming in. And then there it was. Carl Soderberg was able to finish on his 17th goal of the season. And he, I just had a bad vibe uh, in this play. Like Minnesota unable to clear the puck out. Colorado just... It, it seemed like it was a little bit too easy here. And it certainly wasn't Devin Dubnik's fault. It was the play in front of Dubnik on this one. Soderberg is 17th of the season. Eric Stahl, though, went and get a beautiful feed from Coyle, which was awesome. Again, not off his skate or anything, but kind of a one-timer very close to the net. A gorgeous feed from Charlie Coyle. That was spectacular. And it felt so damn good to see. <laughs> it was an awesome play. Uh, and then Granlin, an even better one from further away. From uh, Mikhail, uh, to uh, Eric Stahl, much later on, putting the Wild up 3-2. to two. That was a great one. I mean, just the accuracy. Tape-to-tape play from, gosh, 25, 30 feet away. Pontus Aberg, his 10th assist on the season. So Aberg, his second point with Minnesota. He would actually get two points in the game, which is great. Aberg also assisting on Ryan Suter's power play shot from about 20 feet away. Grantland with a nice uh, give-and-go type of play. Give and give and go, and then returned it back to uh, Mr. Suter, who looked like he was setting up Granlin for a shot. Granlin quick release back to Suter for his sixth goal of the season. Uh, Mikhail Granlin ultimately a couple of assists in this one, and they were both spectacular plays. So even though he's not scoring goals of late, Granlin has been putting the points on the board with the assists, setting other players up. It's like Granlin has these invisible moments, these yucky moments, and then there's the big plays, which are really, really uh, special. At the end of the day, the uh, Minnesota Wild contained that top line of Colorado in this game. I mean, they factored in Tyson Berry's power play goal, so it is what it is. But it was on the power play, Ratnan and McKinnon helping him out from the point. Uh, Tyson Berry's sixth goal of the season. Of course, the uh, young, very, 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 very talented defenseman for the Colorado Avalanche. Only his second season in the NHL. Remember, he missed a decent amount of time last year with a broken bone. Uh, Tyson Berry broken ankle, if I remember correctly. Missed a significant amount of time, was doing so well, came back and just kind of, it seemed like he'd barely lost a step after a uh, 
you know, a slow start for a couple games, but after that, he was right back at it again. Uh, Eric Stahl on now 17 goals on the year. Recipient has some wonderful passes. I mean, the passes were better than the goals, but hey, backdoor play from Mikhail Granlin. That was awesome. Absolutely awesome play. And I see Aberg getting a couple of second assists on these Granlin plays as well on the power play. So Pontus Aberg being a part of the power play and, well, it's it's working, and that's good. Uh, very, very nice to see. Parisi also teaming up on that power play unit with Eric Stahl and Mikhail Granlin, and it got the job done. I mean, the Minnesota Wild, two power play goals in this game and helped us win with, at the end of the day. 5-2, to two, there was no ne- need for any empty net or anything in this one. Parisi and Eric Stahl also working with Charlie Coyle. Pretty cool there. Coyle ended up finishing from Parisi's nice pass across, the, like a centering pass from uh, Parisi. Eric Stahl also picking up his 19th assist, so a three-point game for Eric Stahl, but Coyle again, centering pass from Zach Parisi. That felt damn good. And Spurgeon also finished on his eighth goal of the season, tying the game up after Tyson Berry had put Colorado up 2-1 to one in that first period. A very action-packed first period. You end at 2-2 two to two and feeling okay. You know, you're up 2-2. Two to two. Okay, things will be alright, hopefully. And then, yeah, I mean, after that, things were great. Charlie Coyle's goal with only about 23 seconds remaining, though, in that third period was the dagger, I feel. Great play from Parisi at the end of the day, and Coyle finishing his ninth goal of the season, and what a nice week for Charlie Coyle. Again, that nice helper to stall. Multi-point game again for Charlie Coyle. Very, very strong week for Mr. Chucky there. (laughs) Chucky, I'm just kidding. But again, also a good, solid, strong showing from Devin Dubnik. Uh, Minnesota, though, in front of him was awesome. The defense in front, um, Sealer stopped three, he, he blocked three shots on one play, or one play, in one sequence, pardon me, five blocks in the game from Nick Sealer, an overall awesome game, definitely sacrificing himself, I can imagine those legs hurting like hell after that, uh, Brad Hunt also got a block, this is again his debut for Minnesota, he was on the ice for that first goal, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately there. But a great overall game for Minnesota. Dominant. Uh, Greg Pattern also getting four blocks. Pattern, Pattern. Sometimes he drives you crazy, but other times, hey, he is a stalwart defenseman. He's never going to score Jack Bleep. I mean, he's like, <laughs> he's, he's as productive as uh, <laughs> Philip Johansson so far. But uh, I don't know. Philip Johansson, I could see becoming more of a skill guy in time, but ultimately a Jonas Brodeen type of guy who does have skill, but generally more of a stay-home defenseman. He had three blocks in the game. But five for Steeler. Again, three in one sequence. He only played 12 and a half minutes, but Steeler, beautiful out there. Can't imagine the pain that guy was enduring, though, during the course of that time. That might be why he had uh, extended time on the bench there for a little while. He probably could hardly stand up after that. I mean, jeez. Oh, the sacrifices these guys make. And, well, it really brings up the team. It lifts them up. I mean, when pucks don't get to the net, they they can't go in. So they don't. They never reach the net. They're not going in. So that's just as plain as day. And an overall wonderful, uh, strong showing for uh, Nick Sealer there. Let's wrap up the week. Again, you acquire Pontus Aberg. Three assists during the course of the week. Mr. Victor Rask, only one in the three games he's been out there. But three assists for Pontus Aberg so far. It feels, feels pretty good. As far as I'm concerned, three assists in four games for Pontus Aberg with Minnesota thus far. Only a minus one, unfortunately. Victor Rask is even, and Brad Hunt is a minus one in Minnesota so far. So, not bad. Nice, nice, solid start for all three guys. We'll see what happens with Brad Hunt, how much uh, ice time he's going to get. But I think Boudreaux is going to give him a shot. I think Boudreaux is going to give him a shot to get some, uh, you know, 
to see, see what he could do at the NHL level, and if need be, he'll just go down to Iowa and help uh, produce there, because he definitely will in Iowa. Believe me, he will produce in Iowa, like a 50-point type of clip. Let's pass out the awards, another elongated segment, but what are you going to do? I mean, the Wild traded Nino Niederreiter, and we played four games this week, and there were three of them were pretty good, so <laughs> they made a couple trades here, Brad Hunt as well. They trade Nino Niederreiter and make some significant moves here, so there's going to be a little bit extra conversation. The Mike Modano slash Neil Broughton Award for this week. It's, boy, it could go to a couple people. It could go to Coyle, could go to Stahl, could go to Spurgeon. Ah, boy, it's tough. Uh, I'd like the play of all three of them, generally speaking, during the course of this week. Um, Ak Panazaberg is a candidate. I won't give it to him, but he was solid. He was strong, and he's a nice addition, I think. He's going to be good for us. Ah, boy, the... uh, Let's give it to Jared Spurgeon. Beautiful week, but, uh, you know, you could say like a lesser slash shared version to uh, Eric Stahl and Charlie Quayle. I mean, all three of them, absolutely spectacular during the course of this week. Uh, The James Shepard Memorial, the showing against Anaheim was ridiculous. It was horrible, unnecessary, but the team made up for it, and I can't get too mad about it. That horrible play by Ulerickson scares me, and you hope he can wake up a little bit. I know he's trying to score desperately, and the fact he didn't score is also very frustrating because he never does, for freaking crying out loud. He ended up setting up Mr. Uh, Mr. Foligno later on, but I'm still going to give him the James Shepard Memorial because that's exactly what he's been so far, a James Shepard. Not a good uh, not a good uh, start to his NHL career for Yul Eriksson. With that, we'll take a break. We're going to preview four games that are about two weeks away from now or a week and a half away from now or so. So we'll get that going going into the next show and then wrap things up with the prospects once again. We are back here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two. We're apparently going to be previewing three games, not four. I keep forgetting. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday's the next recording of the show. So (laughs) I'll be previewing the Edmonton game on the next podcast two weeks from today. Minnesota Wild will be playing the Edmonton Oilers, which should be an interesting matchup. Hosting that one. We've struggled with them of late. It used to be easy. Now it's tough. Minnesota will open the month of February. And ending the break, of course, all-star break, this and that, heading to Dallas, Texas, and then a back-to-back coming back to Excel Energy Center all the way from Dallas to play on NBC, NBC Hockey Night tonight, Saturday night, Chicago Blackhawks in Excel Energy Center, two days off, heading to Buffalo, New York, not playing as well as they were much earlier in the season when I was freezing my ass off, coming in out of the cold to watch the Minnesota Wild play the Buffalo Sabres, and uh, man, that goal by Jason Pominville, the angle... Talk about lucky. And as usual, Jason Bommerville's strong start to the season. <clears throat> and as the season continues, not so much. Dallas Stars are below the Minnesota Wild. You want to make the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. You got to beat the Dallas Stars. You don't beat the Dallas Stars, well, okay. You're making it tougher on yourself. I won't say you're not going to make it, but you're making it much tougher on yourself. It's plain and simple. Dallas Stars are not as good as some people say. But, well, hey, here you go. Ben Bishop, 2.37 goals against Irish. He is looking back like the Ben Bishop again that took the, uh, well, helped the Tampa Bay Lightning make the Stanley Cup Finals years ago. Ben Bishop, 2.37. Of course, uh, 
<laughs> That's the list. He's been spectacular in that ever since uh, he took over for the injured Ben Bishop. Anton Trudobin, a late round pick for the Minnesota Wild, also brought up by Pavel Bonnet, who you hear about a bit here, talking about the prospects and such. Um, and he was talking about the late round picks for Minnesota, the top four late round picks in Minnesota Wild history, Aaron Bugard and others. Uh, Eric Hollow was ranked number one, Anton Kordobin number two. Anton Kordobin number two, he has hung around forever. He played for the Wild for a bit, Boston uh, Bruins and others. Uh, Arizona, if I remember correctly, and now Dallas. He is the top save percentage, uh, almost 93% with the Dallas Stars, 2.46 in that. He has one shot out on the season. We'll see if he's in that. He has played against the Wild many times. Uh, you expect Ben Bishop because, generally speaking, he's the top guy, but Goodobin's a pretty solid backup, and gosh, he's he's been around a long time, and he's really carved out a niche, and good for him. Uh, Dallas Stars have not been playing well, except beating Winnipeg at home, most recently on January the 19th. They've lost Obviously, uh, they've lost. They, they had lost four in a row leading into that. At Philadelphia, two to one, uh, losing, hosting St. Louis, three to one loss, two nothing, hosting Tampa Bay. Not surprising. Vasilevsky, Jonathan Quick, and the Los Angeles Kings beat them two to one, shut them down, so to speak. The Kings playing a bit better, and Jonathan Quick playing a lot better uh, for the uh, Los Angeles Kings of late. Winnipeg ending their losing streak there, or excuse me, yeah, Winnipeg. <laughs> well, taking the loss. In Dallas is, uh, well, helping them end that losing streak. They will host, them being the Dallas Stars, the Buffalo Sabres, before hosting the Minnesota Wild a couple days later. So it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Uh, Again, another team that's top-heavy, like the Colorado Avalanche, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn called out big time by their CEO. That was weird and strange. Not a hockey operation, but business operation, saying how unprofessional they are, this and that. So, I don't know. I don't think that helped a whole lot uh, with F-bomb-laden uh, conversation there. But no, Dallas, very top-heavy, and after that, it gets kind of weird. Um, it, it does. Uh, John, John Klinberg has been great over the years, obviously. Power play defenseman, this and that. Nine power play assists, three power play goals. That's pretty good for John Klinberg there. Uh, Mr. Uh, Jamie Benn has definitely quieted. He's definitely simmered a bit this year. Usually, he's right up there with Tyler Sagan about a point a game, if not more. But uh, he's been down. Uh, not getting the assist. He does have 18 goals on the season, 34 points. Still very productive. I'd still take him in a heartbeat, but Tyler Sagan definitely been the star of the stars this year, along with Rudolov. Again, a guy, a r- excellent, very talented Russian player who's been in and out of the NHL, Russia and the NHL back and forth over the years. And uh, been a, it was a nice acquisition for the uh, Dallas Stars not too long ago, uh, scored a game-winner against Minnesota in a very frustrating loss at home to Dallas when the Wild were not playing particularly well. Extremely frustrating loss, angering Minnesota Wild faithful there. Uh, Rudolph, 41 points over a point a game. He's missed 11, no, 10 games on the season, but very, very productive. He's actually the top point producer in terms of points per game. Excellent, excellent season for Rudolph. Again, a top-heavy team, though. I mean, it's a top-heavy team. Ben, Rudolph, Sagan, Klingberg. A couple of stars there. But after that, it gets very, very quiet. It drops off in a big way. 20, 30 points less. Spez is respectable, but nothing great. Uh, after that, there's just not much to say. I mean, Lindell, 20 points. That's not bad. Biro, Heiskanen. I mean, again, they're not bad players, but they haven't factored in a whole lot. Uh, I... Just, you need to beat this team if you're going to make the playoffs. There's a lot of us out there that would like a higher draft pick, me included. 
because you just get this feeling like this team is flatlined, it's plateaued for long enough. You can keep making the playoffs, but when you just keep losing in the first round, you get frustrated, it gets stale, it gets old. I don't know what to say. But um, for the sake of being successful in current times, this and that, you got to beat this team if you're going to make the playoffs. Like it or not, you got to beat this team. Um, I like the way the Wild are playing. The question is, is the layoff too long? That's the question, because you get the All-Star break and the bye week at the same time for Minnesota, which can create a very, very long layoff here. That's my fear coming in. Um, What do you do with it? I'm not sure. So, at the end of the day. And you also hope that Devin Dubnik doesn't come back kind of all crazy. If I'm... uh, if, if Devin, you know, I hate having a goalie in the All-Star game. I've said this a million times because you're facing, you're, you're facing a firing squad. There's no defense. and All it does is wear out the goalies. I mean, I swear, goalies can get hurt in a game like this. I swear they can. With all that lunging around, you know, trying to make the save of the century because it's like three-on-one, basically, every single time down the ice. I don't like having a goalie in the All-Star game. I'm happy that he made it. It's like name him an All-Star and then don't go, <laughs> that type of thing. I don't like the setup of the All-Star game. I liked it just the way it was before. Five on five, East versus West. This is weird. It's weird. It's not good. I don't like the setup. Some people might. I'm not one of them. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, as good as Dubnik is, I think he went in on reputation at the end of the day. And I don't know. I, I just... I don't feel all warm and fuzzy about him being in the All-Star game because of that. It doesn't help. I would start Staylock against the Stars. And plus, well, it's a back-to-back anyway. You might as well start Staylock against the Stars. You could go with Staylock against the Blackhawks, and maybe because Dubnik has struggled against the Blackhawks forever, maybe that's the way to go. I guess you're kind of stuck playing Dubnik one way or another right after the All-Star break here. All-Star slash uh, bye week and all that. So it's going to be extremely interesting to see how things set up with this. Can can the Wild possibly sweep this back to back? I'd like to believe they can, but yes, they can. Yes, they can, but will they? Both of these teams have been a tough, tough matchup for Minnesota. I'm going to pl- predict a split. I am absolutely predicting a split. I don't think this is any type of a sweep, and the Wild are on, on a roll. Plus, that's the one thing. It's a good. It's good to go on the break, but then it's bad because right when we're starting to play better, you're off for like you know ever. You're off forever. So that kind of sucks. Um, that's a long time to be off, brother. It really is. So, who man. Um, I don't know what to make of this at all. I'm kind of... <laughs> it's a long time to be off. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, oh, boy. I think we're more likely to beat the Stars for some reason. As bad as the, bad as the Blackhawks are, and there's just no excuse. You got to beat the crap out of that team. But until they do it, I'm not picking the Wild to beat the Chicago Blackhawks. You'd think it'd be the other way around. In Dallas is like so tough and this and that. I think the Wild are going to beat the Stars, believe it or not. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, 3-2, to 3-1 to type of game. The most likely guy to score for Minnesota will not be Eric Halla, because it, it used to be, but it can't be now. Uh, most likely guy to score for Minnesota in this one. Pontus Aberg. Pontus Aberg is going to score against the Dallas Stars. I like how he's been playing. It's going to be fun to see him produce. I was almost thinking of Victor Rask, but no, I think Pontus Aberg is going to score. He's been playing significantly better. Victor Rask, I don't know, man. Um, oh, the Wild also, by the way, you save about you save over a million a year in salary, so that's the one other thing. Significantly cheaper than Mr. Uh, ne- uh, Nino Niederreiter, but still, it's not a huge drop. That's the one thing. 
The crappy part is the term. The term is longer. That's the one thing with Victor Rask versus Anino Niederreiter. The term is longer. Uh, it's $4 million a year. So again, you're saving about $1.25-ish a year. $1.2, $1.5 a year in salary cap hit. That's good. But again, the term goes off to... Uh, he doesn't become an unrestricted free agent, Victor Rask, until 22-23. So that's a long ways away, unfortunately. And that's when Parisi and Suter are finally coming off the books. So, yeah. And Marcus Foligno signed for a long freaking time, too. That's a long time. Marcus Foligno signed until 21, 2021. $3 million a year for Marcus Foligno. Huh. I, I'm surprised how long some of these contracts are. It's pretty wild and kind of weird. In fact, it's downright confusing at the end of the day. Okay, well, yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? It just kind of is what it is. Nino Niederreiter, yeah, he's signed till 21-22, so I guess I don't feel too bad at the end of the day. Is that some kind of an option, though? That's where the confusion comes in. Some of this is uh, kind of wacky and weird. Jordan Stahl, boy, that's a nasty contract as well for the uh, uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So uh, maybe I don't feel too bad. But yeah, Victor Rask is signed for a bit still, unfortunately. It just kind of is what it is there. You kind of have to kind of go uh, with the flow with some of these contracts. <laughs> oh, boy. Hmm. Hmm. Yep, I mean, it's it's expensive. So I guess the term is about the same. It felt like it was longer, though. But maybe it's because of the way I'm looking at it because of this current uh, situation at the end of the day. So, yeah, that's a, that's a long way to go yet for Rick to ask. But, again, you're saving over a million a year in caps. So, yeah, well, hmm. We'll just go with that. I'm going on and on. Minnesota will beat the uh, Dallas Stars. Chicago Blackhawks back-to-back. Saturday night, Saturday night, as the song goes. The 2nd of February, NBC. Minnesota Wild does not win the game because we just don't. We never beat this team. Uh, Corey Crawford's not having a good season at all. 3.28 goals against average, but he'll be Ken Dryden. He'll be Ken Dryden against the Wild because he usually is. Patrick Kane, 71 points. He'll get... He'll get two. He'll get at least one or two in the game. Probably a goal and an assist. Don't be surprised if Jonathan Dave scores. Every time we play this freaking team, it's always the Blackhawks or the Blackhawks again, and it's so frustrating. Even though they're awful, they're nowhere near being a playoff team. Now Patrick Kane is lighting the lamps and tearing up the league, but the Blackhawks suck. Uh, Alex Debrincat has a nice future in the league, and that's very encouraging for them. Very encouraging. Twenty-five goals for Alex Debrincat. Wow, that's awesome. In the 51 games he's played, 25 goals. Second on the team, Jonathan Taves, 48 points. He's definitely hit the renaissance card there. He's been great. Even Brandon Saad's respectable, 27 points. I'd take Brandon Saad right now, not with his contract. Uh, Duncan Keith, even. But it's it's the goaltending has gone off the charts. And it's not just the goaltending, it's the defense in front of the goaltending. Because Corey Crawford's not a bad goalie. It's the guys in front of him that stink. Look at the goals allowed by this team. Look at the goals allowed by the Blackhawks. Yet, again... It'll be the Blackhawks again. It'll be 5-2 Chicago like it always is. Until the Wild finally put a clamp, I mean, put an end to this nonsense. I'm not picking them to beat the Blackhawks. 4-2 Chicago. 4-2 Chicago. Patrick Kane scores. Patrick Kane scores. And Patrick Kane scores. He, Patrick, Patrick. That's all it ever is, man. It's exhausting. Don't you get sick of it? Blackhawks 2-3 and three in their last five. Three to, uh, four to 3 loss to Vegas on the 12th of Jan at home. At New Jersey, 8-5 to five demolition. 8-5 to five loss to New Jersey. 8-5. to 8-2-5. Okay, New York Rangers, 4-3 to three loss at New York again. Two home games. Washington Capitals, the Stanley Cup champs, give up eight goals to the Blackhawks. Okay, all right, eight goals to the Blackhawks. And then the, here, are, are you ready for this one? 
the first place New York Islanders, first place in the Metropolitan Division, New York Islanders, 3-2 to two victory over the first place Islanders. Jeez, hockey's like uh, hockey's starting to look like football, where we all play the same teams. What the hell? Buffalo Sabres before the Wild. That's funny. Otherwise, the Wild will be playing Buffalo very shortly after that. Um, they head to Buffalo, so this helps the Wild a little bit, as you think the Wild might be at a disadvantage hosting the Blackhawks in a back-to-back situation. Well, Chicago has it worse because they're in Buffalo, and then they also have to go on the road to Minnesota the next day. But I think the Blackhawks are going to win. Um, the only hope the Wild have here is that the Blackhawks are just really off because of back-to-back road games, this and that. That's the hope. I hope that's the problem, and I hope the Wild finally take care of business, but until they do, I'm not picking it. 4-2 Chicago. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not picking it. 4-2 Chicago because it is what it is. And Patrick Kane is like the best player in the league. I mean, 71 points. I mean, shoot, he's a minus four because every because everyone else sucks. No, not really, but the, the defense sucks on the Blackhawks. Devin Cat, awesome. I mean, he has a wonderful future for the uh, Chicago Chicago Blackhawks. He, he really does. So it's uh, just going to have to let that play out as it is. Oh, man. I hate losing to Chicago, but I have a feeling that I, I just, I'm not picking it. Go go ahead and do it, Minnesota. Sweep sweep this freaking uh, back-to-back. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be a nice change. De- Delia. Delia. That's what was in that last time around. He was Ken Dryden. It was bullcrap. Uh, he wasn't that good, but he was better than uh, us, that's for sure. <laughs> Most likely guy to score for Minnesota will be Zach Parisi. He will score against the Chicago Blackhawks. He's been one of the few people that has been very consistent against Chicago. But uh, the Wild, well, we had some good regular season games against them, but lately we have we have not been doing that. And luckily we won't be facing them in the playoffs anytime soon. At Buffalo on the 5th of February, happy... 71st birthday to my mother on that same day, and uh, hopefully the uh, world champion New England Patriots at that time. Hopefully we'll be talking about the world champion New England Patriots at that point in time. We'll be, uh, yep, yeah, hopefully. And I know you just, you, I know all of you just love the Patriots very much, but I do. You don't, you don't, you don't have to agree with me, but I know everyone just loves the Patriots because we're just, we're just, we have to hate the New England Patriots so much because they win or whatever the heck. But. Uh, I don't know. At least they don't shimmy around like those jackass Golden State Warriors. That That's a team that's easy to hate. Let's move on. Buffalo Sabres. I think I've made my feelings known about them over the years. Buffalo Sabres, who played so well against the Wild earlier in the season, are not the same of late. They're still hanging on, though, but they're going to have a hell of a time. They only have 54 points on the season. So... They're certainly not this first-place, second-place type of team they were earlier in the year competing with Tampa Bay for the division championship. Nothing like that right now, unfortunately, for the Buffalo Sabres. They're fighting for their playoff lives. Four points behind Chicago, excuse me, Pittsburgh, who's like the Chicago of the East. Four points behind Pittsburgh and five behind Boston for the upper wild card there. Columbus and all that. Everybody's kind of close in that Metropolitan Division. It's not a very good division at the end of the day. It's the other one. Uh, Toronto and Tampa. And Tampa's killing everybody. 14-point lead over Toronto. A 13-point lead over the number two team in the East. The New York Islanders. The New York Islanders are the number two team in the East all of a sudden. Wow. I didn't see that coming. I I really didn't. But uh, Buffalo, they're not the same, even though they're still a decent club. But uh, they've certainly dropped off. They've got a couple of games in hand, but nothing that spectacular. Uh, Linus Allmark has a couple of shutouts on the season. Carter Hutton has zero after that spectacular year with St. Louis last season. Crazy to see how things have dropped off for Buffalo. What the flip? This is why hockey is so weird, man. Just look at this. 
one in five or one in four in their last five. Four to three loss at Carolina. Yuck. Five to three loss hosting Tampa. No surprise. Seven to two demolition loss versus the Edmonton Oilers. Two days later, you head to Calgary, Alberta. You, you know what I'm saying? Calgary, Alberta, number one team in the West with a bullet right now. Four to three win. All right, four to three win. And then two days later, you lose at Vancouver, who's, you know, Vancouver. They're, they're not much to brag about. They're hanging in there, though. Vancouver hanging in there. But being a wildcard team in the Western Conference right now, not a whole lot to brag about. It's it's not. Uh, luckily, Minnesota's got 55 points, which Minnesota would be ahead of Buffalo right now, which is crazy, considering how great Buffalo was earlier in the season. Minnesota ties everywhere on this club. But uh, Jeff Skinner has definitely been the uh, revelation for this club this year. Jack Eichel's leading the team in scoring. He's the top playmaker. He's a plus eight. He's got 52 points. He's awesome. He's over a point a game. And then you have Jeff Skinner with 30 goals on the season. To me, a no-brainer getting in as the last man in for the uh, division there. The uh, I believe it's the Met division. Yes, Metropolitan Division for the Buffalo Sabres. There is just, you know, duh. Duh. Like, how, how do you not vote him in? 30 goals. Uh, Casey Middlestad, pretty quiet. He should have stayed with the Gobers one more year. He should have. That would be helpful right now. He'd probably be awesome, like elite-level college player. Just one more year. It wouldn't kill him, but but he didn't. Uh, 14 points, pretty raw, but seven goals. So it's not like he stinks, but I don't know. I mean, uh, one more year with the Gophers and then go there. It wouldn't have killed you, seriously. Would it have killed him? No. It's not like he's producing all that much. And I, When you start off slow like that, it's not really helpful, but we'll see. He could have came in like with the guns a-blazing. Uh, Pominville, strong start to the season. In really big numbers. One of the top scorers for Buffalo. Yeah, not anymore. He's like the 6th, 7th leading scorer for Buffalo. 10 goals, though, which is 4th on the team, which is funny. Very top-heavy club, like everybody else lately. Uh, Sam Reinhardt has been solid. 11 goals, but 33 assists. Nice center, second-line type of center there for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. 44 points. 44 for Skinner. How did the Wild do against this club? Mediocre goaltending. They've not been playing as well. They're starting to play like the old Buffalo Sabres, not the good Buffalo Sabres. Uh, just win the game, Minnesota, that's all. I, I, I think the Wild do win this game, actually. I think Minnesota goes 2-1 and one this week. I think you lose to Chicago or Dallas. Probably Chicago, because we always do, but could be Dallas. Who knows? Just don't get swept in that back-to-back. That would be horrible. Horrible. Um, this could be a very rotten week for Minnesota, very possibly, because who knows, maybe Buffalo beats us, but I don't think they do. I think the Wild beat the Buffalo Sabres 4-2, to 4-3, 3-2. It's going to be like a 4-2 to two type of game. 4-2, to 4-3. to three. Empty net 4-2 to two victory for Minnesota, kind of like the Vegas game. Maybe Buffalo gets more shots on net, but Devin Dubnik is very strong, very solid. Whatever crap he was going through from that All-Star game, and who knows, maybe he was awesome against Dallas or Chicago at this point, but who's to say? But I think whatever crap it is, hopefully he comes back uh, ready to go in this Buffalo game. And Minnesota ends up winning 4-2 to two with an empty net type of situation. Most likely guy to score in this game will be Eric Stahl, and Minnesota's going to be feeling a little better after a nice win over the Buffalo Sabres, making up for that extremely frustrating loss when uh, things were really tight in uh, Extra Energy Center back in November. That freezing, freezing cold Saturday night. <laughs> that was a cold night. Oh my God, we were out working, freezing to death. Couldn't wait to get in and get caught up and get caught up with that game. Oh my, mm. lucky, lucky goal by uh, Pominville at the moment there. But uh, well, it is what it is. 
Uh, Marco Scandella, by the way, nine points in the 39 games he has faced. And I apologize for snapping my lips so much. That's a weird habit. Kyle Oposo, 19 points in the 48 games he's played. Again, another guy who left the Gophers early. Was productive with the Rangers. Has not been productive with Buffalo at all. Um, I'm glad the Wild didn't sign him. Seriously, I'm glad. Very glad the Wild did not sign Mr. Palmer, uh, Kyle Oposo a couple years back. Let's finally get to the prospects. Another long show, but oh well. It's something to enjoy heading into the break. Like I always say, we'll start with the Iowa Wild. Kyle O'Reilly continuing to lead the club in scoring. There goes that again. Uh, <laughs> over a point a game for him. Justin Kloos no longer with the Minnesota slash Iowa Wild. Mason Shaw continues his drought. Kyle Rao continues his hot streak. He's leading the club in scoring uh, goals anyway. Multi-goal, multi-goal game earlier this week. Another just two, two, two games this week. Nothing spectacular. Brennan Mendel's now at 21 total points. He did score his first goal a week ago. Sam Honest had a multi-point game, multi-goal game this week, and he had an assist as well. He's been on a little bit of a streak here. 21 points in the 28 games he has played. Seven goals, 14 assists. Very, very productive. But generally speaking, in the last few games here, other than Honest adding an assist, he had a two-goal game the, uh, the day before, or the game before, pardon me, had one assist in the game. But other than him, it was pretty much all minor leaguers doing all the scoring. Cal O'Reilly, Jared, Gerald Mayhew, Kyle Rao. Okay, it's okay. He's kind of a borderline minor leaguer. And uh, Jerry Fitzgerald. They did all the scoring. Uh, Will Biden continues his hot streak because he's been pretty good. He added another goal this past week. So that's great. 14 points on the season for Will Biden after a very, very, very quiet start. Uh, Louis Belpedio's scoring drought continues. Um, he was sent back down to Iowa, I believe. Now it's showing like he's back to the wild. I don't think that's true. I think he was sent down again, unfortunately for him. Um, I do believe he was sent back down. His Yeah, he has not scored a point in forever. But again, he's playing on the wrong side, the left side, so to speak, for the uh, Iowa Wild this season, which complicates things a little bit. Unfortunately, um, he was sent back down. Yes, Lee Belpedia was sent down just a couple of days ago. And, of course, Brad Hunt acquired as well. So, Brad Hunt basically taking Louis Belpedio's spot of late. Um, Belpedio got a couple of games in, two games in, around the time of the uh, Victor Rask acquisition. And a couple of games, very unnoticeable, but certainly not bad. Not bad at all. Sometimes it's good when you don't get noticed, in, in a sense, as well. Because, well, when you get noticed, sometimes it's for the wrong reasons. Looking at some of the collegiate players. Um, again, let's talk about Philip Johansson as well. Mr. Uh, Pavel Bonnet. We talk about the... Uh, <laughs> we keep up with the prospects. He's now created a website. He's changed MNW players. We'll talk about that in a couple of seconds here. And I will post a link for it. As I, that page is active again. It's active again. It has a new name. And all right, Pavel Bonnet, Mer, uh, Pavel Bonnet, Merrick Skyba from the Czech Republic. Love you guys. Um, he wrote an article, helped him. Uh, we we kind of I, I was kind of the editor, so to speak. He's the writer and the editor at this at this moment. Uh, Philip Johansson still only one bleep and assist in thirty seven games in the Swedish one league. There, wow. Ugh, Philip Johansson. Ugh. Yeah, but we'll see. Jack McBain continues to be very quiet for Boston College. I'm going to talk about another player who's just been ridiculously quiet. Only six points for him for Boston College. Sam Henches, who had that strong start for St. Cloud State, 12 points, five of them goals in the 20 games he's played in the NCHC there. 
Um, obviously, a nice, strong start for Sam Hedges. Might be another one of those uh, gems in the seventh round, hopefully. Nick Sweeney, I think, is a potential gem in the seventh round. Uh, Minnesota, yeah, uh, Pavel Burnett wrote that, uh, posted it on Minnesota Wild Hardcore and on the new page, which I'm going to announce here in a second, about the uh, four best late-round picks for Minnesota. I think Nick Sweeney's going to be one of them. I do. I like his production in Duluth, and he's got a national championship to his name. Scored his eighth goal this past weekend. He had two goals, actually. Minnesota Duluth. He's now on six, at 16 points, and he's even, Steven, goals and assists on the season. He's got two more goals than he did last year. Nick Sweeney becoming a better and better player. Left winger for the uh, Duluth <laughs> for the Duluth Bulldogs. He's a right winger who shoots left. Okay, I guess. It's where, like, Pontus Aberg is a left winger who shoots right and stuff. <laughs> and that was a tough situation for Nino Niederreiter, who moved down to the fourth line and was actually super productive. But again, he was playing out of position forever for Minnesota. Jack Sadick with the Govers last weekend. Awful, rotten weekend in Michigan State. Swept, five to, swept with two straight five to three losses. Garbage. Um, Jack Sadick got to double digits uh, earlier than any other season, though, which is nice. The future... Iowa Wild uh, defenseman, if not Minnesota Wild defenseman, top pairing player, and he's a top scoring defenseman for the Minnesota Gophers. Believe it or not, solid, big, strong, uh, six foot two, right shot, D man, and the top guy for the Gophers, ten points on the season, two of them goals thus far. The big physical Nick Boca, Nick Boca, uh, he's not as big, but he's certainly physical. He's got five points on the season for Michigan. Pavel Jennings was traded about over a month ago, so unfortunately, well, we won't have to worry about him anymore, unfortunately. Hopefully he can, uh, yeah, it's sad. You know, it was was fun keeping up with him. Uh, Bryce Misley. Now, this is very disappointing. 20 games, only one goal for Bryce Misley. He only had five assists last year, so he scored his first collegiate goal for the University of Vermont. A uh, fourth-round 2017 pick for Bryce Misley, left-shot defenseman. Calgary, Alberta. He's, he's only 19, so hopefully he can turn it around. And you of Vermont, when's the last time they were good? The University of Vermont. Anybody heard of the University of Vermont uh, college hockey team? Anyone out there? Okay, you've heard of them, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I heard of them and everything, and but they they're never in the tournament, and they're never good, and I don't know. Um, one goal, and that's it in 20 games. So that's extremely depressing to think about right there. Another thing that's disappointing as well, there's a reason why Dmitry Sokolov hasn't been producing a whole lot in the AHL. Obviously, extremely significant uh, prospect, despite being a seventh-round pick, who also, I think, will join that club someday, hopefully. He's still he's stuck at 18 points, 9 goals, 9 assists. It's nice to see him evened out a bit, rather than all goals and no assists, like he was earlier in his career, in the juniors and such. But, I mean, <clears throat> he's been on the fourth line. So, that's he's been on the fourth line in Iowa. That's kind of scary and disappointing. Um, the guy I just love, I can't wait. I hope I hope he's half as productive in the NHL as he is in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League because he is just dominating. 53 points in the 43 games, 21 of them goals. Uh, Kovanov, even at 70 penalty minutes, very aggressive player. He's even, Steven, when it comes to his plus-minus for the Moncon Wildcats Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So, yep, only 18 years old. Kovanov, Alexander Kovanov, left shot center. Hopefully, hopefully he is... Uh, Hopefully he can continues this pace when he gets to Iowa and possibly Minnesota someday. Minnesota desperately needs some legitimate centers uh, in the not-too-distant future here. I can see him centering the line with uh, 
Wouldn't that be cool with uh, so bad? What if it's Sokolov and Kaprizov together? Sokolov on the right, Kaprizov on the left. Oh my God. Sokolov on the right, Kaprizov on the left. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wouldn't that be the coolest thing ever? Someday, there, there's the Russian line, the Rusky line. There you go, ready to rock and roll. So, something to look forward to someday as you got the Swedish Mafia building a bit, particularly defensemen, but also now a couple forwards. Pontus Aberg appears to be the most productive out of those two so far, but Victor Rask, I think, has a, a future still in this league. He's just got to get it going sooner than later. 25 years old, he turns 26 in a month. Step it up, uh, Mr. Victor Rask, and he could be a valuable piece to this team for many years, hopefully. Well, he's going to be here, like it or not, unless he gets traded like a year from now or something. With that said, let's wrap up this show for the week, pass out the contact details, but also very important is, uh, again, the Twitter account, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is a Twitter account. Please give that a follow. And now the important thing, before I mention uh, the uh, Brave the Wild Facebook page, I'm going to mention Minnesota Wild Prospects, announcing Minnesota Wild Prospects at MNW Prospects, instead of at MNW Players, or Facebook.com forward slash MNW Players. You could look up at or whatever on the uh, on Twitter and, of course, on uh, Facebook, the same way, at MNW Prospects, announcing the uh, change of name, and the website's active again. Mr. Uh, Pavel Bonnet and Merrick Skyba working together here with me on the Czech Republic and me here in Minnesota, Minnesota Wild Prospects. They legitimately keep up with the prospects. Uh, past and present, this and that. Uh, Samanas again, seven points in the last three AHL games posted by uh, Pablo Bonnet here. Beautiful. Uh, third straight multi-point game. This is on January the 22nd. Um, it actually took place on the uh, on the uh, 21st. Yep, so like uh, it was posted on the 22nd and the game was the 21st, like is what he's trying to say here. Um, he returned from a broken hand on the 4th. Remember that. Uh, beautiful. And I think the Minnesota Wild will give him a chance. Hopefully, I hope they do. I think the Minnesota Wild should. But with Pontus Aberg in the mix, that may complicate things now. That's the unfortunate part. The acquisition of Pontus Aberg and the fact he's playing well might complicate things because there's that right shot player in the top six. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think Samanas deserves a crack in the NHL. I really do. I really, really do. Um, Honest did add the assists, this and that. That's what got me excited. Five assists, but then that multi-goal game recently as well. But uh, do check out Minnesota Wild Prospects. Beautiful website. And man, I'm very, very, very proud to be a part of it. Very proud to be a part of it. Merrick Sky, uh, uh, Paula Burnett and Merrick Sky by their Czech Republic. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Do give that a like and a follow, so to speak, on Facebook. I will have links to the Twitter account and, of course, both of these Facebook pages, both of them. Uh, they both, uh, both are going to be in the show description along with the email address and the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. Greatly appreciate it. And, again, I encourage you to join the Minnesota Wild Prospects page, please. <laughs> it's lots of fun there. Um, there's the phone line. Of course, yep, you can use that with your regular phone. Also, the call now button on the Facebook page leads you through Facebook Messenger to the same phone line. It's a three-minute limit uh, both ways, of course. It's the same phone line. So remember, three-minute limit. Watch out. Don't get cut off accidentally. It's not something I did. It's just the way it is. This and that. It goes to Dylan Richardson, who then emails it to me, and it's ready to go. As for, I think, the overall best, easiest way to do it, in my humble opinion, 
is the audio submission route at the end of the day using a smart uh whatever smart device you have on the planet using the free voice recording application treat it like a phone call keep it to about five minutes save it and send it to paladino live at yahoo.com paladino live at yahoo.com would be greatly appreciated in advance there um What's the final thing I wanted to say? Oh, also, you can use, hey, if you have a microphone and you have Audacity or some other, uh, you know, audio editing software, whatever, audio recording slash editing software, you can use that as well and email it to me to that same email address. All of this information will be in the show description. Thanks again for those, to those of you who have written positive ratings on iTunes in the past. Thank you so much, especially the recent ones. Thank you guys so very much. Anybody out there that wants to help out the show would be greatly appreciated. Please write a positive rating about Brave the Wild on iTunes or Stitcher. Would be greatly appreciated. Or, of course, uh, Google Podcast as well. Please, if you could, it'd be greatly helpful. I will definitely give you a shout-out and a thank you on the air if you're able to do so. With that said, enjoy the break. It's going to be... It's going to be two weeks until the next show, so unfortunately, we're going to be shut down for a while. The All-Star game is not that fun, but I'll probably tune into it a little bit and see what happens. You got the Pro Bowl and the All-Star game on the same day. Ugh, so all we have right now is NBA basketball, <laughs> or, well, the All-Star game, this and that, or, I don't know, we'll just have to enjoy what we can. And before you know it, Minnesota will be back ready to go again. So it's not too far away. Next Friday, Minnesota will be playing again, but of course the show will not be recorded because there'll be no games uh, played between now and uh, next Thursday. So with that said, take care everybody. I'll talk to you in two weeks. Go Wild and go Iowa Wild. Keep up with the Iowa Wild. That's the best thing you can do if you want to talk hockey. And of course the the college hockey and all that. Gophers, uh, UMD, all that. Big shout out to Sarah Metal, Jim Metal. All of you out there, Chad Walski and others, of course, <laughs> Pablo Bonnet, Merrick Skybaugh, Minnesota Wild Hardcore, encourage you to join that as well. With that said, talk to you later in two weeks.